Listen to Disney's Four Scores, a new podcast featuring composers like Randy Newman, Kristen Anderson Lopez, and Robert Lopez, and Christoph Beck as they talk about creating music for Frozen 2, the Toy Story films, Ant-Man, and many more. Subscribe to Four Scores today. are going to hope that you just heard our intro music. We are filming from quarantine. We've had some COVID exposure, so we're just being safe on all sides, and we're not really going anywhere. So we've had to make do with what is in our homes, and you will see that uh, in our next article, our, our, our magazine article conversation. So, hola, listeners. Welcome to Adventure Sea Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I am Whitney. And I'm Heather. We rolled a very relaxing adventure today out of 20 possibilities, and we rolled for drinks, too. We are casting wide with articles from the <laughs> leading magazine of fly fishing. It's a magazine called Fly Fisherman. Uh, we are using a, an article from the April-May issue of 2020 by Brian Irwin, as well as the August-September 2020 article by Kelly Bestone. I'm having a Sweetwater Guide beer. I had used my inspiration point to re-roll, uh, mostly because it has a fly fisherman holding up a brown trout, and that made me happy. Heather is drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper, so stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. So I was really happy when we rolled for magazine article because I loved this magazine. It's Fly Fisherman. I have recently become a fly fishing Padawan, and have a lot of fun uh, just, just being out in nature. And if I don't catch anything, I've at least been out on the water, out on the trees, listening to birds, catching dragonflies with my rod support, and just, you know, kind of having fun. And uh, I asked Heather if she would be down to read articles from this. And she was happy to do so because uh, you are also a water conservationist. I am. I, I'm not very much of a fisher woman. Um, my, my, fishing, yeah, my fishing experience uh, is, is only a bamboo pole at summer camps. And uh, I was always that squeamish person that refused to touch the fish. So I'm really. Tara is the style of fishing with a, a, a rod and you, you drop it in at the high point and let it float with the water current. Um, it's a very popular and old school style of fishing that's a lot of fun. It is. Uh, so I didn't know very much about fly fishing. I was I was a little hesitant, but we found articles that required me to have almost no knowledge of the fly fishing sport. And so I'm really stoked about these articles that we have picked out for today. And I was going to go first because, you know, we, we've been trying to do a, a theme of whoever picks kind of goes first. However, I have a very uplifting article, in my opinion, and you kind of have a sadder one. And we, without realizing it, to be completely honest, we thought we were just doing conservation. That was our current theme. We didn't realize that we were doing a flip side of the same coin. So the plus side and, and how one way, one, one effect makes action, you know, is, deals with consequences. I can't talk. 
And then the other one uh, is the complete flip side. So I'd rather end on a happy note. So we're going to let Heather go first. Absolutely. Why, why did you finally relent to the Fly Fisher, Fly Fisherman magazine, which is actually a really good magazine. You learned a lot. I did. I definitely learned a lot. And, and there's a lot of terms like fly fishing specific terms that I learned. I, I ended up reading a little bit more than just the article out of this magazine because we are stuck at home and I can't go find new things to read right now. But <laughs> and it's um, a good magazine. It's a good magazine. Like I learned, a, I, I still would not be a good fly fisherman if I had to go out on the water and do it. But I now, I now know things about the sport that has given me a greater appreciation for it. Um, what, what really sold me on my article is that my article takes place in India um, and I taught English in the Himalayan mountains in a monastery school um, for a summer. And India is such a beautiful place. But there are a lot of contradictions in that country. Like, everywhere you look, you see fantastic beauty. But then at the same time, you see poverty and and lack of of cleanliness lack of sanitation um and so there's this strange dichotomy that ex exists there um some of my favorite moments in india was hiking in the himalayan mountains along some of the river streams and as long as you didn't look at the ground everything was beautiful but as soon as you really looked at where you were so the streams had so much trash on, on the sides of them. People don't have garbage service. They don't have um, sewage service. A lot of poor people don't even have access to restrooms. Like the river is their bathroom. It's their shower. Um, we had to buy water the whole time we were there. Um, one of the lessons that I ended up teaching in the school was the water cycle and the importance of keeping stream banks clean. Um, that was that was the last week that I was there that we taught that um, to the children. And so India is a very special place, but it definitely has a lot of, of problems. And so this article, it's called The Protector, and it is written by Brian Irwin. And it takes place along the Mahakali River. It's also known as the Kali River. It runs between Nepal and the northern edge of India. And along this river, the government has decided to build a very large dam. In fact, it's two dams that work together because of the amount of water it's going to have to hold back from the Kali River. And the reason they're building this dam is because a lot of India still does not have consistent electricity when i was in um, when i was staying in delhi for a week we had blackouts or brownouts every single day because the power grid just couldn't handle the number of people on it when i was up in the himalayan mountains sometimes we would go a day or two without electricity because a rock slide had happened somewhere else along the mountain and Everyone cooked on propane. Propane was only delivered once a month, and you had to make it last because there wasn't a better way to get electricity to your home. There wasn't a consistent way to get gas to your home. Plumbing was inconsistent. So 
the only way to cook your food was propane delivery and tanks. So I definitely understand the need for the government to build this dam. But as I was reading this article, like, even though I know the need is there, I found myself getting really angry because of how the government went about this. And it doesn't surprise me based on what I know of, of how the government works in this country. Um, there was a public hearing for the dam to be built, and the government scheduled it in the middle of monsoon season. And when I was in India, I was there right at the beginning of monsoon season, and travel is nearly impossible, especially in these mountain communities, because roads get washed out, rock slides are so prevalent. They and do what? They set them up to fail. Yes, yes. And so, well, and, and the other thing you have to remember about these mountain communities, um, so from the airport that I flew into to get to the community I was teaching in, it was a two and a half hour car ride. And I wanted to go a few, like two towns over one weekend to go camping. And it was a five hour taxi ride. And a lot of the roadway is is only wide enough for one car. Like people had to stop and let other people go. Um, ended up having to go out of our way because of a rock slide. And when I say roads, like road is generous. There is no, these are roads on the side of a mountain. There is no guardrail. There is no line down the middle. If you mess up, you are going off a cliff into a river. So the fact that this is when the government scheduled this and then said, oh yeah, the public supported it because no one came out to oppose. And then they just went through with it. It doesn't shock me in the least bit, but it's so wrong. I mean, and that's what they're doing in our own country as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, especially right now when, like, you can't have public forums because of coronavirus. It's so easy to say, oh, look, no one showed up. It must be fine. We'll go ahead. And we've had so, issues like that in our own government here in Knoxville. So it, yeah. it happens in, in local governments, large governments. It doesn't matter. And it's, un, it's crappy that it's happening here in this article. Yeah. So what the dam is going to do is it's going to block the Cali River from, from proceeding. And the reason it was in a fly fishing article is because there's a species of fish that lives in this river. And it is called the Masir fish. Um, I do not know very much about this fish other than it's endangered, it's frequently poached, and there was a man in the article that they talked to, he runs a Hindu temple, um, and his name was Baba, and he, like, this man who runs this temple has taken it upon himself to be the protector of this fish. And he says with, with Shiva's guidance, he will protect this fish. And Shiva is, is one of the main Hindu gods. For those of you that do not know, he's Shiva the destroyer. And so this man believes that, that Shiva has given him this calling to protect this fish. And when they build the dam, the fish's habitat is going to get turned into a very, very large lake. And the fish is not a lake fish. It cannot survive in a lake habitat. It has to have the river. And so this fish is going to die out because of this, this dam. 
even more than just the fish dying out, this dam is going to destroy hundreds of acres of tiger habitat, which is also an endangered animal in this area. It's going to destroy the habitat of all of the other animals that live in that area. And it's going to displace 30,000 people from their homes. And one, one other thing that I learned while I was in India is that these are people that don't have much. The, the average household income for a family in India for the year is 1,000 US dollars. And so when you talk about displacing 30,000 people, these aren't people that can just pack up and move. These are farming people. They've cultivated the rice fields in their villages for generations. Uh, whatever, whatever produce they grow, that's all they have. And so for them to have to move to a large city with next to nothing, it kind of condemns them to the slums in those areas. And... Like I said, the, the next city is a five-hour taxi cab ride away. It's, it's not something that everyone can afford to go do. And so the point of this article was just to talk about the ways that people are protesting the building of this dam and the way that these people, based on their culture, are trying to deal with this. So for Baba... He believes that Shiva just will not let the dam be built. And so a lot of people make journeys to this Hindu temple to make offerings to Shiva to protect the land and protect the river. Um, but a lot of people also go to these sites to protest where the dam is being built. And so those protesters coming in is also a challenge for the river conservation in that area. So what I took away from this article was that even when the government has the right intention, the intention to get people power, to, to create infrastructure, if they go about it the wrong way, or they, they don't think about the consequences of the actions they're taking, the detriment to the area, the detriment to the river, the detriment to the people is so extreme and is it worth having that power grid for all of this destruction? And at the, by the end of the article, I decided that it wasn't worth it. Like, the, the people trying to save this habitat, I feel, are more in the right. Well, and we've shown from different experiences, yes, the dams have done a lot of positive for our communities here, even in our area. We've got mm -hmm. TVA. But there's been so many negative consequences that it's it's not always balanced. And I've got an article. So your yours was from the magazine from March, April 2020, correct? Yes, correct. Mine is, is just a few months later. And so mine's the August, September 2020. And mine's kind of a little bit happier story and showing that it's possible to for everyone to win. You just have to put a little bit more work into it. And the, the, the way that you're discussing what they're doing is kind of the way that we did 100 years ago, 70 years ago. And we've, we've made a short fix. It's a short term to dam it up. But that causes a lot of issues. And there's other things that you could have done. And so what this, this article is about Colorado. 
And um, I've been to Colorado a lot. I have, my toes have been in this river. And uh, I've, I've traveled to a lot of, a lot of Colorado throughout the campgrounds and cities. And I just, I really love Colorado a lot. But the Yampa River is beautiful. And it's one of the only rivers in that part of the country that hasn't been dammed or messed with. Its, its whole history uh, has, has been untouched, essentially. And the only thing, the only kind of negative that it took on was climate change, which that's affecting everywhere all over the whole world. And, you know, that's, that is just simply having humans on this planet has, has pushed that forward recently more than ever. Um, but we don't want to get political today. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the side of the planet, man. And that's like fisher people are, are that inherently. If you are a fly fisherman or fly fisher woman or fly fisher person, you want the environment to be saved. You want those fish to, to stay native and to stay whole and to have an environment in which they can thrive. They need that turbulent water to strengthen their muscles to like fight while they're swimming around. And if, if it's just an open flat water, there's nothing to, they, their muscles are weak and they just la 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 around. Just as humans are, all of these species, we're just bigger animals. We're bipedal animals. We have to have this uh, a, a opportunity to grow. And that's what these fish need. And this river, the Yamba River, Yampa River, it never, like it goes through its seasons like a normal river should for the life cycle of all of the ecology around it and the tourists around it. This is a ski town in the winter and it's a uh, river guiding, paddle boarding, fly fishing destination in the summer. People bike in Colorado. They, they do a lot of outdoor recreations. And in turn, that brings people to the inns and the campgrounds and the restaurants and the breweries and all of the other businesses that crop out around these river towns. And the Yampa treats so many different facilities and so many different parts of the economies that they've, the communities have, during the first drought in like early 2000, I think it was 2002. Yeah, there was a drought in 2002 and it, it, a lot of the fish died. It's one of the only places in the country that the, the mountain fish, it's a white fish, is still in existence and its population is, is still very large. And they had this drought and it cost a lot of the population and a lot of the river dried up and there wasn't as much tourists that got to come in and the economy dried up because of the tourism from the, the river just wasn't there. And people didn't have those positions that they usually have. It's, it's seasonal positions, seasonal with the, the river. And the community, instead of deciding to dam it, even though there were there were talks and rumors of that. They were like, no, we are, we are banding together and we are going to save our public land. And several nonprofits, the area ranchers, utility providers, everyone got together and said, we've got to fix this because this, we could do a quick fix with a dam, but we could invest our time and our energy and our money into making this better. 
uh, improving planting more cottonwood trees, which is it's a rare tree there as well. And just doing things to provide shade to the water, doing things to increase different ecology systems there. They just, they, they did the opposite of what is happening in currently in India. And a lot of people don't know about your situation in India, and it's actually happening right now. There, If you look in the news, you can look it up. You can Google it and see the articles. And then you, you do the same thing about the Yampa River, and you see all these celebrities have donated to this conservation group that is in Steamboat Springs, where uh, this river is headed at. And there's all kinds of, they raised over $4 million towards this fund to save this river. And it was all grassroots. It was no, it was no government dollars. It's all uh, different business owners, landowners, ranchers, vacation homes. It's just everyone, fly fisher people. they've, They've all just banded together and they, their, their intention is to keep this environment healthy for the fish, the trees, and everything else, the community that's flourished around it. That's really awesome that they're working together for that because like the environment affects all of us. It's an alignment of interest, you know, where all the areas are well protected and they're not overly interfered with. And that that is something, that's a quote from Alan. I didn't come up with that beautiful little line of knowledge. He's, he is who got me into fly fishing. However, I, I used to bait fish all the time when I was younger. And it's just, it's a different thing. And it's so much fun. And it's fun to learn and to, to be able to meld my conservation efforts and water conservation dreams and find all these different tendrils of how water changes everything. Water is, is the basis of life. You know, we, our bodies are 70% something like that of water. Yeah. I don't know. It gets it just gets me really excited to talk about the water conservation efforts. <laughs> um, well, we are I'm- having similar issues here. Uh, we've got Beaver Creek, which is in our uh, neighborhood, and Beaver Beaver Creek is going through uh, current conservation efforts. The county's digging in. Uh, they're they're working on cleaning it up. It could be a destination that could benefit our community. It will ben- it'll definitely benefit our wildlife here and the possibility of introducing fish that can be stronger with the natives or stronger native fish. I, I must re say, <laughs> but that I mean that that's here. Even you can see water conservation efforts in your neighborhood. You just have to open your eyes and look. Yeah, and I think, especially for our neighborhood, the biggest threats to Beaver Creek right now is overdevelopment along the creek banks and how that is destroying the land that the creek would have used when it overflows. We've had a lot of flooding problems the last few years out of Beaver Creek because the land around it is just so overdeveloped and the water has nowhere to go. And yes, but they are doing a lot of work right now further down to to try to yeah yeah, yeah. So like that's that's a water conservation effort. Oh, let's go ahead. I was gonna say that's what they're trying to do is put that. That's what the conservation efforts are. 
Yeah, but like some people don't think about how what happens downstream can affect upstream or how changes upstream will affect your downstream. And so I think when we talk water conservation, we, we can't just focus on what's in my backyard. We have to focus about like how my what's in my backyard affects my neighbor down the street's backyard. I mean, and that would just be better in all areas of life, right? Like we could apply that to everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and earlier you said you don't want to get political when talking water conservation. But I think that really speaks volumes about the way our society has become that something as simple as taking care of our water has become so political. And it's it's wild to me that like someone could argue against it against keeping the water clean and protecting the species like i just can't comprehend that that argument in a lot of ways because water is so important like if we don't have it we we die <laughs> we have to have clean water and healthy water and and healthy doesn't just mean it's drinkable it's it's the whole ecosystem around it that has to be important well, and so the beer that I am drinking today and uh, why I picked it is it's Sweetwater, which is out of the Atlanta area of Georgia. So kind of still a local beer. Um, but it is a it's they got it says on the on the can uh, guides are on the front lines of the battle to protect our planet. They are nature's best stewards, teaching generations to love and care for the environment. Sweetwater dedicated 11% of guide beer profits to help guides overcome life-altering challenges and support our shared passion for protecting the outdoors. It's inspired by Matt's team guide for Telluride Helitrax and supports avalanche research and safety. So this one particular one, it's a, it's a helicopter with some skiers, some alpine skiers. And it's, oh, just, it's just, it's really it, it takes companies like this. It takes everyone stepping up and banding together and changing things. And we, it, each person, no matter how small it is, has a big impact on the environment. Absolutely. Um, I, so I wanted to, to, we've got, I wanted to kind of wrap up kind of quickly. We've been trying to keep a little bit better on our time, but I still wanted to drop in and talk about our local plugs this week. Uh, Free Rivers Angler is a local fly shop that offers free fly fishing 101 classes to teach you the basics. They are in Knoxville off of Kingston Pike behind Cosmos, the little uh, brunch spot. And they are, why I love them so much is they're super in inclusive. Like they teach all ages, all sexes, backgrounds, peoples. It does not matter. And they have uh, one of their workers is um, he's amazing. His name is Charlie Morgan, and he is one of the best fishing guides in the business. And he's there and they're all so amazing um, at Three Rivers Angler. So we've got information for them in our show notes. Um, and we're just fan or I'm I'm just a fan of theirs. That's why I want to talk about them. This is not we're not paid to do this, um, although that'd be really cool if they wanted to like donate something like a fly. That'd be cool. I love flies. Um, and do you want to talk about Tennessee Clean Water Network? Because that one's So uh, Tennessee Clean Water Network partners, partners with businesses that value water. And they also do some educational programs with school children about drinking water. 
They work to advance water quality by tackling law and policy. And because brewers know clean water is essential to great tasting beer, they've partnered with a lot of brewers in the area. And Tennesseans know... Oh, were you going to say something? We have so many brewers here. Yeah. And, and you know, people that are beer drinkers, I'm not one. That's more for all of you who are. But people that, that drink beer are very opinionated about their beer. And so when a beer doesn't taste good, like, they tell you. And when a beer is off the chain amazing, they brag about it. And so for the brewers that, that live in this area and brew in this area, the quality of the ingredients they use is their pride and joy. And Tennessee Clean Water Network works with those local, local brewers to help make sure that they're getting the, the best water for their best beers. And they have a fundraising event called What's on Tap to help that. raise money for these, these clean water initiatives through beer drinking. So if you like to drink beer, that sounds like the best kind of event for you to go to. And they do a lot of stuff. They partner with IAMS a lot, IAMS Nature Center, mm -hmm. um, which is just an amazing little place just to get out and do some baby steps, walking around, getting out in nature. Uh, we've got to, COVID-19 has taught us the value of the outdoors more than ever, because a lot of people have been escaping to those venues. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be able to stay socially distant, uh, but also get their activity in. And it's just, we, we've got to take care of our planet. With, you know, it's the only one we've got. You know, it's where I keep all my stuff. And I know we're talking about the importance of clean water, but the clean water also comes from a clean environment around it. And so I, I have to shout out to IMS Nature Center a little bit because they are a huge wildlife reserve in the middle of downtown Knoxville, right on the Tennessee River. And they work so hard to keep those stretches of our river clean and to keep that land wild so that even as our city builds up all around us, we, we have that beautiful, pristine area that we can go to. Absolutely, I agree. Alrighty. That, I think that rounds us out for today. Uh, let's roll up. I think it is your turn to roll. Do you want to roll and I'll tell you what's on our list? Uh, absolutely. I am pulling up my random dice roller right now. And I have rolled an 18. Okay, 18 is a popular graphic novel. So it looks like that's what we're going to be reading next week i wonder what it'll be we have a few we have a few written down that that sound good so that's exciting that is exciting and now we need to roll for drinks yeah let's do it i rolled a three you rolled pickle juice ew ew i'll i'll drink it Oh. <laughs> Maybe you could just do a shot of pickle juice and drink whatever you want as your chaser. <laughs> I'm going to make my husband go down to the Weigels and buy one of those big Van Horten pickles because they support Boys and Girls Club. And I will eat the whole pickle and then drink the pickle juice shot at the end. Nice. Uh, I have, I've rolled a 15, which is a tequila your way. And I really did Ooh. roll that. So I know last time I think I was talking about I really wanted a margarita. I think I got my margarita. 
I am so jealous of your role. I'm going to challenge you to have two tequilas your way, one in my honor. I will do that. I will definitely do that. I'll do a shot at the top of the show and then drink as we go. So that, that, that'll be fun. I know but I thought the Sweetwater Guide beer was a much more appropriate considering the theme. Definitely. All right, guys. So we will be reading for a popular graphic novel next time. And we had another fun one-off today here at Adventure Seed Podcast. Follow our quest, Adventure Seed Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to search for all three words, Adventure Seed Podcast, and subscribe, review, give us comments on our Facebook. Please talk to us. We're just talking to ourselves. <laughs> tell your friends all about us. If they don't like what we read this week, they'll like what we read next week. We promise. I mean, there's definitely going to be some point where you're going to get excited by us. We get excited by us all the time. <laughs> um, may the dice always be in your favor. Roll well. Oh, crap. I did it again. I didn't get the command ready in time. This is going to be so funny. Thanks, guys, for, like, growing with us and being here through all the rough times. <laughs> we should start taking shots every time we mess up on our music. I think you're going to have to. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. As a roofer, you need accurate roof measurements and you need them fast. GAF Quick Measure gives you single-family residence roof measurements in less than an hour. Learn more and order your first report today at gaf.com slash quickmeasure.